I started thinking about a way to illustrate what I'm trying to get across tonight, and I thought of sports. In athletics, there are certain traits or skills, uh, I guess, that you could say certain players have. And in different sports, you want different traits. Uh, for instance, track and field, what's the one trait you want in a sprinter, a uh, 100-meter dash person? Quick. You want somebody quick. You want somebody that can get from here to there real quick. Compare that to a marathoner. What one trait do you want in a marathoner? Endurance. Endurance. It doesn't matter how quick he is. Uh, he's going to have to run for a couple hours. So as long as he can finish a couple of hours, that's good. Yeah. And I got through those, and then I got to thinking, well, you know, there, aren't hardly, there are hardly any sports that just one trait is good enough. Yeah, and even in those, you want something beyond speed and endurance and, and all that. But you start getting into football, basketball, baseball, and things like that, and you say what traits you want. Well, then it gets real hard. I mean, there may be some coach in football that says, I recruit for speed. I want real fast guys on my team. Okay, well, that's okay up to a point, but they got to have a little strength. they got to have a few other things. I remember in high school, we had sprinter, fastest kid I'd ever seen in my life. And I asked him one time, I said, John, how come you don't play football? I said, you'd score every time you got the ball because I couldn't catch you. And he said, look at these legs. His legs were about that big around. He said, if they ever hit me, they'd kill me. And I said, yeah, but they'd never hit you, you know, because I couldn't catch you. But he, I think he had it figured out better than I did. Uh you need a little more than speed to be good at football. You need strength and some other things. They've got tests for all that. The rookies that want to get into the NFL and stuff, they send them to the commune where they do all these tests. They test how quick you are and how much endurance you got and how high you can jump. And They test everything, and they add the scores up, and they say, this guy's got a real good chance. This guy can make it. He's got the physical skills. Those guys don't always make it. Because you go beyond the physical traits, and there's a whole other dimension. You've got attitude. You've got character. You've got uh, work ethic. You've got all those other things going. You get a guy on the commune that passes all the tests and his scores the highest in all of them, and you sit him down and say, do you like to win? And he says, oh, I don't really care. You're not going to draft him. The mental part of it is bigger than the physical sometimes. So I got to thinking, that's hard in sports. How about in Christianity? If you've got to pick traits in Christianity, uh, which are the really good ones? Go over to Galatians 5. You're going to need your Bibles tonight. So if you didn't bring it, I'm sorry you're out of practice, but there's one in front of you somewhere. We're going to look at a few scriptures tonight. Not going to put them on the screen for you. Need to practice every once in a while. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Verse 19 of Galatians 5. And Paul's talking about the difference between living by the Spirit and living by the flesh. 
And in verse 19, he says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And he lists all these bad things. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry. Oh, no, they're all bad. We're not going to talk about those. Just consider those all equally bad, and we're going to stay away from them. But here's what we want to think about. Verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's not a very long list. Paul says if the Spirit's working in you, if you're living by the Spirit, these are the kind of traits you're going to have. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I've taught for years that those are not individual things that we pick and choose from. That is the fruit of the Spirit. They aren't fruits. They're the fruit. All of those should be evident in Christians. But tonight I want to go just one step kind of off of that that track and, and think through those a little bit so that we can talk about one of them, basically. Which one of those traits would you think is best for a Christian to have? If you were recruiting a Christian for your church, say you're starting a new church, you're going to plant a church somewhere, and you're recruiting Christians, you had a test. You could test them on all these. I have a rookie commune here. Which one of those jumps off the page to you or doesn't do any of them? I imagine the most famous answer or most popular answer would be love. Well, you got to have love, yeah. And that covers a lot of things. That is a biggie, probably why Paul put it first. <clears throat> but of all the others, and I don't think I would have picked this one uh, 20 years ago or 40 years ago, but the older I get, I see a whole lot more value in one of these than the others. And I don't know, I know they're all equal and all that, but my favorite one, I think the best trait for a Christian, (laughs) tell your neighbor what you think it is. Guys, can talk to each other. I just gave you permission. Faithfulness is my pick. Faithfulness. Um, out of all of them, and just the experience of living the Christian life with other people, at least that's the one I value a whole lot. I think it's really, really important. Now, we sang a bunch of songs about God's faithfulness and how He's always faithful, and that's that's good. But I want us to think about whether you think this is the most valuable Christian trait or not. Think about how important it is with me. Now, it's not faith. Now, there are two different words. There's faith and there's faithfulness. In the Greek, there's two different words that are pretty close, but they're spelled different. Pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, is faith. That's belief. That's conviction. And pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S, is O-F, P-I-S-T-O-S, is faithfulness. Being reliable. 
being dependable, being trustworthy, being faithful. Two different words. You believe in something or you believe on something. But whether you're faithful or not is about how you operate. Okay? Uh, Faith is about our relation to God. We have faith in Him. It's a theological thing. We either believe in Him or we don't. But if the fruit of the Spirit is working in us, we will become more faithful, more reliable, more dependable, more trustworthy are synonyms for that. Now, we could spend a whole lot of time going through looking up where that word is used, and I want to pick just a few of them uh, close to where we are. In fact, let's go over to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 4. Not going to make us look up many of them, but let's just see a few of them. First Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen. Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he says, For this reason I am sending to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul says, I'm sending this guy to you, and he's going to teach you some things. And what's the one trait he puts in there? He doesn't say he's a good speaker. He doesn't say he's really funny. He doesn't say he'll entertain you. He doesn't say he's got great PowerPoints. He says, this guy's faithful. Yeah. And Paul was big on that. We won't take time to look them up, but in Ephesians 6.21, he said the Tychicus, he recommended him because he's faithful. Colossians 1.7, Epaphras, he bragged about him because he was faithful. Colossians 4.9, Onesimus was faithful. It wasn't just Paul. Peter and John did the same thing. Paul, when he was recommending, or Peter, when he's recommending Silas, he said he's faithful. He's a faithful servant of God. And John wrote Third John to Gaius, and among the things he said about Gaius was, "You're faithful in what you're doing." He commended him for that. Okay. So if all these apostles, uh, I mean, they could have said. This guy's really kind. This guy's really good. This guy really has self-control. He could have said all those things. But he picked this one out of those nine traits. He said he's faithful. So I think maybe I'm not too far off if I think faithful is the most valuable Christian trait. We've talked about God being faithful. We've looked... Uh, we've sung a number of songs about it. First Corinthians ten thirteen says, God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted. And it gives a number of other things you can be count on God for because he's faithful. If he says it, he means it. He does it. He always comes through. That's what faithfulness is. Jesus is called faithful. In Revelation 1, 5, he's the faithful witness. He says it, you can count on it. Yeah. Hebrews 2.17, he says he's a faithful high priest. 
Think about it. Of all the old high priests in the Old Testament, were all of them outstanding, wonderful, super-duper followers of God? Some of them messed up, didn't they? Okay? So, so when they get to talking about Jesus and how he's better than the old high priest, that's what they say. He's faithful. He always represents us well before God. Okay? And the New Testament's just full of commandment or uh, instruction to be faithful. Uh, and I know it's other places it says to be kind and be gentle and, and all that, but not near as much as it says be faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 2, and since we're in 1 Corinthians, let's stay there, 4, verse 2. Now, it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Okay? Paul's saying of we apostles... We've been entrusted things by God. And when you're entrusted something by God, you've got to be faithful. You've got to be dependable, trustworthy, reliable, take care of it. So stewards are supposed to be faithful. Servants are supposed to be faithful. Teachers are supposed to be faithful. Go over to 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2. Interesting verse about teachers. Uh, Paul writing Timothy in verse 1, he says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men or reliable men, the NIV says, who will also be qualified to teach others. That's the way Christianity works. That's the way teachers, teaching is supposed to work. You entrust it to faithful men who will be able to pass it on to other people. Faithful is a big deal in the New Testament. We looked at one verse this morning. We was talking about deacons. First Timothy 3.11 talked about the wives of deacons and what they ought to be and listed three or four things about them. One of them was they had to be faithful, had to be trustworthy, had to be able to count on them. Okay. Since we're in the Timothy, go back to First Timothy 1. First Timothy 1, here's a trustworthy saying, a faithful saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Okay? The way Paul writes that to Timothy, he says this is a faithful saying, a faithful word. Pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S, logos. Faithful word. You can count on this one. I mean, when the apostle who's writing by the Holy Spirit says here's a faithful word, you better sit up and take notice. This one you can take to the bank. You can count on it. Uh, we've got this saying around our house. Well, I've got this saying around our house. Nobody else likes it, but I say it every once in a while. It's because when I was a kid, I saw George Gobel on TV, 
And he said one of the funniest things I ever heard. It hit me funny anyway, so I still say it every once in a while. He was on Johnny Carson, if I remember right. And he said something, and Johnny Carson looked at him and said, Is that true? And George Goble just looked totally offended. And he said, Hey, he said, If Uncle George tells you that a rooster can pull a locomotive, you hitch him up. It just hit me funny. I mean, he was saying, that's a faithful word. If I say it, you can count on it. Okay? So that's what Paul talks about. Christ Jesus died, came to the earth to save sinners. That's a faithful word. Okay? Martyrs are called faithful in Revelation 2.10. Okay, so, and you can go back and read all those verses or just get you a common uh, concordance and look up faithfulness. And look at all the people that the Bible says is faithful. So we got that. We're impressed that faithfulness is such a big deal in the New Testament. Now, what do we do with that? How do we display it? It ought to be visible in our lives if the Spirit's producing faithfulness. Uh, so what are we looking for as we decide how we score on this in the commune? How do we display faithfulness? Well, there's a few regular activities, I guess, that we could kind of score on this. Attendance is a biggie. Now, we're not, we're not talking about salvation here, folks. We're talking about growing up in Christ. We're talking about letting the Spirit develop us. And somebody who is faithful in attendance has probably grown more in some ways than somebody that's not faithful. And I know there's excuses and reasons and all of that, but in general, faithfulness and attendance is a good thing. Faithfulness in giving is a good thing. Now, we're not big on pledges or commitments or anything around here. Uh, we ask for a couple a year on Know Your Bible and missions. Uh, we ask, what do you think you can give this year, just so we kind of know what to shoot for. Uh, and we don't really follow it. I mean, we don't track it. it it's interesting. When we looked for a new software a few years ago, uh, that's how almost all the church software is sold. Uh, this one will really track your pledges. You know, I mean, it's got all sorts of stuff built into it that if you get somebody to pledge that they're going to give this, this thing will send them follow-up notices and emails and letters to their house and tell you to call them and all that. You keep up with your pledge. Okay? We don't do that much around here. We use it as kind of a guideline, and if you can keep it, that's great. If something happens in your family where you can't, that's okay, too. It's between you and God. But faithful giving, if you say you're going to give this, if you pledge to give this, whether you write it on a piece of paper or just make it up in your mind, if you sit down at the start of the year and plan your giving, which you ought to do, that's what giving's supposed to be, is purposed in your heart. So if you purpose to give this much, check. See how faithful you've been in it. It's easy to miss a week. I forget to write the check every once in a while. Get busy on Saturday or something and forget to do it. I know I ought to do online giving. I know I'm old. Okay. You know, I write a check. I like that. Anyhow, 
Plus, you can see I'm faithful when I put my check in. What about being in a ministry? See, that's where it really starts to get valuable. I mean, attendance and giving are the, the big obvious ones, but if you say you're going to be in a ministry, if you say you're going to show up and do this, are you faithful at it or not? Now, once you start thinking that, you realize that more comes into this than what you can just measure in a few times because this is like over the the long haul. You know, anybody can do something once or twice. Faithfulness is over the long haul. Faithfulness goes on past the, the initial excitement of the ministry, uh, of getting started in it. Once that ministry's been around and people start to take them for granted and, uh, and all of those kind of things, it's a little harder. There's no glory to it anymore. If you're faithful, you'll take care of it. You keep going. And we've got so many ministries around here like that that somebody started and, and people are still faithfully taking care of it. I think probably one reason I like faithfulness as a great Christian trait is not just a Christian trait. You start thinking backwards or you start thinking through society and you realize faithful people are the ones who hold society together. The people that have a job and are at a job, that have bills to pay and pay their bills. You know, it took a responsibility to have children and raise children, and they raised them. Yeah, that's what makes the world work well. When people aren't faithful, things start to fall apart. People that honor their commitments, that they, they do what they said they were going to do. Make society work. Now, the Christian trait of faithfulness is, is a supernatural one because the Spirit produces it. And we can do it on our own accord to a certain level. But then when we face persecution someday, we're going to find out if it's Spirit-driven or if it's all our own. But Spirit-driven will stay faithful no matter what they want to do to us. Uh, when you stop getting praised for something, then it's spirit-filled if you keep doing it. When it starts to get difficult and you keep doing it, it's spirit-filled. See, it's easy to do the big events, the big show. But the daily stuff is what's hard. That's what takes the faithfulness that the spirit produces in it. Okay, let me ask one question. Maybe this will spur some things, thoughts in your head. Uh, why is this one my favorite? I mean, why do I pick faithfulness? Uh, and I thought through that, and I think the reason is, is because in what I do, I have to rely on people. You know, you may think this is the only thing I do all week, and I, I just do it myself, get a sermon, and come up here and do it. But the other things I do, all of them i got to rely on people. Somebody dies, and they call me and ask me to do the funeral. Okay, I can go talk for 20 minutes. I can do that. But to do a funeral 
What else have I got to do once they've called me? I've got to start calling people to rely on. Now, I don't always call them. Sandy calls them sometimes, Becky. But the point is, to, to do these things, it's not a one-person deal. You've got to rely on others. You've got to rely on somebody to have some singers up there. You've got to rely on somebody to have some food back there when it's lunchtime after the funeral. You've got to rely on somebody to be in the sound booth when I need to talk. And the music needs to be heard and all of that. Okay. Do you see why I like faithfulness? Because around here, we got faithful people, and it takes one phone call. Yeah. Well, when I call Archie and say, we got a funeral Friday, she says, all right, I got it. You know, tell me what songs they want. Call Cheryl and say, we got a funeral Friday. She says, I got it. Tell me how many are coming. I emailed David to say, we got a funeral Friday. He says, somebody will be there. Somebody will cover that booth. we got faithful people. You realize how hard it would be to do the stuff that, that I have to do and a lot of you have to do without faithfulness? And it just goes on down from there. Cheryl doesn't go in there and cook all the food by herself. She makes Johnny do a lot of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a lot of faithful people that she calls. And it doesn't take a whole lot of begging and pushing and all that. They're faithful. They said, I'll help you cook, and they'll do it from now on. Have a wedding, same thing. Coordinator gets involved. I don't have to worry about that. Coordinator's faithful. They will take care of all that stuff. All I got to do is think about my part. I don't have to. I have never once worried. I wonder if the coordinator is going to show up tonight. Never enters my head because we got faithful people. Bride and groom might not show up. You know, more likely the best man or brother or sister or somebody like that doesn't show up. That's why rehearsals always take so long. But the other parts of it, they're faithful. They said we'll do that. They do that. Okay? Faithfulness. Hey, that's a great, not just a great Christian trait. In fact, I made a note over here. I was going to do a needful things for teens here. I ought to do it about faithfulness sometime. You teens want to know how to get ahead in life? Be successful in life? Be faithful. Be faithful. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Give somebody your word, follow through. They tell you to be there at this time every morning. Be there at that time every morning. In fact, be a little early. Faithfulness goes a long way in this world. Doesn't have anything to do with skill. Doesn't have anything to do with how how well you do things. I mean, that's good too, but faithfulness will get you a long way because there's not much faithfulness in this world. Faithfulness is big in the New Testament. I know it's just one of the the nine traits that are listed as the fruit of the Spirit, but uh, I just wanted us to focus on that and think on that tonight, Uh, the importance of faithfulness, the most valuable Christian trait, in my opinion, anyway. The lesson is yours. If you're here this evening and need to respond to the Lord's invitation in any way, or if you need the prayers of this family, we would be... Happy to help you with that. We'd be faithful in our prayers.
Anything you need, you can come. Let's stand and sing.